Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you learn about what researchers found when they sequenced the duck-billed platypus genome, a trick for unlocking your creativity, and the strange reasons for job-specific voices like those of pilots, newscasters, and poets. Let's satisfy some curiosity. The platypus is one of the coolest creatures on Earth. That's just not up for debate. And now researchers have a better idea why. According to the first complete map of the platypus genome, platypus genes are a mix of mammal, bird, and reptile. But a platypus is officially a mammal. Just one that looks like an otter with the bill and feet of a duck and the tail of a beaver. The males have venomous spurs and lactating females ooze milk from their skin, sort of like sweat, because they don't have nipples. They also have 10 sex chromosomes plus biofluorescent fur. So is it a surprise that their genome is out of the ordinary? Mm, not really. Platypuses belong to a tiny group of mammals called monotremes. It's a group with only one other member, the spiny anteater. Monotremes are the only mammals that lay eggs. Researchers still aren't totally sure how exactly the monotremes are related to their sister groups, the marsupials and the placentals. But this new genetic analysis makes it look like the egg-laying mammals set off on their own evolutionary journey about 187 million years ago in the Jurassic period. Jurassic Park definitely missed an opportunity there. Platypuses are distinctive because they lay eggs, but this analysis tells us that those eggs are pretty different from the ones you'll find in a bird's nest. Birds and reptiles have three different genes that tell their bodies how to make the proteins in their eggs, but platypuses only have one egg protein gene. The other two apparently fell out of the platypus genome about 130 million years ago. That's not such a big deal because platypuses do have a full suite of genes that code for milk proteins. They even make a couple of extra proteins that other mammals don't, though researchers aren't sure what use they are. And that tells us something interesting about human evolution. Since mammals across three groups make very similar milk, it's very likely that mammals have been capable of producing milk for a long time. Humans and platypuses are almost certainly the great-great-great-grandchildren of a milk-producing ancestor that lived in the Jurassic period. It's just a shame that our evolutionary grandma didn't have a duck bill, too. Have you ever worked hard to come up with an idea only to have the solution pop into your head when you're in the shower? It's a common experience, and a recent study has a tip on how to program that aha moment into your work schedule. To unlock creativity, it's about brainstorming and then stepping away. Now, past research has already established that a brainstorm session followed by an incubation period enhances creativity. It works because even when you're doing something else, your subconscious mind works in the background to put your ideas together. The researchers behind this study wondered whether incentivizing people to come up with as many ideas as possible before that incubation period would lead to better ideas than, say, incentivizing them to only come up with the best ideas. So they had study participants come up with rebus puzzles. Those are those riddles where a combination of images and letters represent words, phrases, or sayings. Like if you show a picture of a human ear next to a picture of a wig of hair, then the solution would be ear wig. 
In this experiment, the researchers offered some participants pay based on the number of ideas they generated, some only for ideas that met a standard for creativity, and others just got a fixed wage of $25 regardless of the quantity or quality of their puzzle ideas. At first, none of the incentivized groups outperformed the fixed wage group when it came to creativity. Bad news, right? Well, not so fast. When the researchers had the participants come back to the creativity task 10 days later, those who had originally been paid to come up with as many ideas as they could outperformed the other groups in both the quantity and quality of ideas. But fortunately, you don't need to wait 10 days to see results. In a second experiment, a 20-minute walk around campus was enough for the quantity group to outperform the fixed pay group. In both cases, having an incubation period after putting their minds to work was key to the participants' success. So the next time you're working on a creative project, remember to brainstorm as many ideas as you can. Then reward yourself with a little treat, give yourself a break, and wait for the magic to happen. Speaking of being creative, have you ever changed your voice? (laughs) (laughs) Chances are you have, if you have certain jobs. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then don't worry. It'll all make sense once you hear this classic story we remastered from way back in 2018. Do you have like an announcer voice you use for this podcast, Ashley? I think I do. I think I talk a little higher on the... I don't know. I do know... That once a listener complains about vocal fry, then you've really made it as a female podcaster. What is vocal fry? It's this. It's when you talk like this. Has anybody complained about that? Yep. Uh, oh, no. Wait, oh, yeah. really? Oh, yeah. I don't remember that. No, it, we only got one. And that was the day where I was like, all right, I've made it. <laughs> Good. Well, have can you do poetry voice? Because I can't. It's when, the- when you talk like this. And keep everything pretty monotone, the waves, the sea. I think. I think that's what it's like. Okay. (laughs) That's my impression. Maybe you've been to a poetry reading where all the poets speak using that same slow cadence. Mm -hmm. And we all know that people have been on a plane uh, and your captain starts uh, speaking in the uh, same voice you've uh, always heard captains use. Roger that. Us too. (laughs) Right? So today we're going to dive into how and why certain jobs became associated with certain cadences or tones of voice. We'll start with pilots because that's the most fun. Does the name Chuck Yeager ring a bell? Yeah, he's the one who broke the sound barrier. Yeah, and he was one of the Air Force's premier test pilots. Anyway, his pilot talking cadence is the one other pilots emulate. Wow. Yeah, so hero worship, right? Well, the late great author Tom Wolfe pointed out in The Right Stuff that the voice has another benefit and that it sounds cool and composed and it has a calming effect, which is not a bad idea for when you're flying. It is very calming. So that's where that came from. Next up is newscasters. All across the U.S., TV news anchors speak with the exact same non-accent accent, which is a sort of highly enunciated pronunciation that seems to come from everywhere and nowhere all at once. Just like the pilot voice, this one is both inspired by the greats that came before and pronounced just so for a good reason. The dialect is actually known as broadcasting English, never truncates fishing to fission, always pronounces every er, and can't quite be placed. I also kind of like local TV news writing because it is so heavy on puns. Black Friday is coming soon, but in this local maximum security prison, you'd be hard-pressed to find a doorbuster. (laughs) 
I wrote that one. You sound a little bit more like a like an infomercial. Oh, this is why I'm not a TV news anchor. You got to work on your broadcasting English. I've got a face for radio. <laughs> anyway, the final voice is poet voice. New research published in April actually looked into the origins of poet voice by comparing recordings of historical and contemporary poets with recordings of people speaking more conversationally. Turns out that poet voice is strongly marked by slow pitch acceleration, meaning that while the pitch might go up or down, it does so really slowly at a rolling pace. And since more natural speech patterns use pitch for emphasis, that pump and break style of speaking tends to strike us as unemotional and detached and almost even unnatural. That might help it serve a social purpose and make you focus more on the words than the delivery. So there you go. There's one story that had no trouble finding a voice. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Let's recap today's takeaways, starting with the fact that researchers sequenced the duck-billed platypus genome, and it is really, really weird. They have genes you would normally find in a mammal or a bird or a reptile, And part of their uniqueness comes down to the fact that they kind of evolutionarily branched off and did their own thing about 187 million years ago. Fun fact, platypuses and spiny anteaters are the only two monotremes we know of. They're so weird. Super weird. And we learned that if you want to unlock your creativity, then try brainstorming and then walking away. Even a 20 minute break could give your mind the boost it needs. I do this all the time. I've actually been working harder on stopping my projects after doing a set amount of work and then giving myself a break because it's really tempting, especially when you're working from home, to just work and work and work and work and work. And when I do that, not only do I feel more refreshed and motivated to work next time, but I feel like I come up with better ideas. I can almost hear the difference in quality when I listen back to previous episodes of this show between the times I finished the scripts right before we recorded and the times I finished the scripts the day before we recorded. Huge difference. Huge difference. It's so much harder when I've just finished because I have no time to think about the hilarious things we'll talk about. Totally. The hilarious and zany, award-winningest, just majestic, magical... (laughs) It's art. It's really, it's, it's art. Engaging content. <laughs> okay, I'm done. And we learned that airplane pilots sound the way they do because they're imitating the voice of Chuck Yeager, the record-setting Air Force pilot that I learned the most about in the movie The Right Stuff. Hero worship plus calming effect equals standard pilot voice. Newscasters speak in what's called broadcast English, and poet voice uses a purposely unnatural sounding pattern so an audience can focus on the words being said as opposed to the delivery. Are you okay? (laughs) That's poet voice. (laughs) Sure is. I have jazz musician voice. What is that? I just, I talk, I talk like really low and just kind of, you know, it's it's super casual, just like kind of want to sound like one of the dudes. Um, Yeah. Do you, do you, are you, are you hip to this? Are you hip to, to that album? It's, it's, oh man, it's so good. (laughs) (laughs) That's not real. I refuse to believe. Oh no. Oh, jazz musicians say hip too. Like that's a cool thing to say if you're a jazz musician. Also cats. You can say that only if you're a jazz musician. Like, have you, are you hip? Are you hip to this cat that's coming out of New York? He's nails, nails. (laughs) I slip in and out of broadcast English with this podcast. Right. Yeah. I like you better when you're not in broadcast English. I know. I know. Right. And I so I yeah. Delivery is hard. That's like a lifelong pursuit 
Because a lot of people, they get behind a microphone and they are just in announcer mode. Hey, welcome to Curiosity Daily. Today we're going to be talking about blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> and like I could easily go radio DJ. And then at the same time, I don't want to talk like I normally talk because I don't enunciate very well. And I could just kind of like run on all my words and no one's going to really understand what I'm saying because I'm like talking fast and just like things are not super clear. So I don't know. I'm somewhere in the middle, but podcasting is hard. Yeah. If you hate the way I talk, direct your angry emails to curiosity at discovery.com. <laughs> but don't email us if you have a problem with Ashley's vocal fry. Oh, do. I'll just put it all over the Internet. <laughs> <laughs> Today's stories were written by Grant Curran and Sonia Hodgen and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Script writing was by Cody Goff and Sonia Hodgen. Today's episode is produced and edited by Cody Goff. Have a brainstorm because we won't mind if you uh, join us again tomorrow to uh, learn something new in uh, just a few minutes. Roger that. (laughs) And until then, stay curious.